It is that time, once again, the Anything But Quiet Time podcast. Hello. Hello. Top of the morning, evening, afternoon, where whenever you're listening to this. Well, it could be 3 a.m. in the morning with a baby feeding. I have done that. And in fact, what I'm getting to today is what I was reading at 3 a.m. Really? during a baby feeding. I'll get to that in a minute. But oh, yeah. I like that. Oh, man. Nice yeah. tease. Are you going to be alert and awake enough to tell us later? Carter. Huh? What? Maybe you should the go Packers. First. What? What's should the you answer? Go first? No. I'm used to you dozing off in what I say. So. Go ahead. Well, then, it, then we won't change the routine. Go okay. ahead. <laughs> so in Hebrews, there's this incredible verse that tells us to look something up and down. Okay. Have you ever looked at something so thoroughly before purchasing it? I know that you and Kelsey are in process of buying a home. Yeah, that's true. We're going to look that up and down quite a few times. Well, and I know that you have, in fact, while it was still like in the bones of it, just like the structural, it didn't even have the floor, tile, anything. You guys kind of perused the house, what, like once a week? Just kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Looking it up and down, making sure that every part of that is assessed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Hmm. I think that's interesting. It's tremendous care that's going into that. So this verse tells us to let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Okay. This is the King James version of, of this verse. Mm-hmm. And I think there are some words in there that trigger thoughts immediately. But the word consider means to look something up and down. And it basically is telling us, it's commissioning us, giving us a job to be checking in on people, to be just like you do with this house that you're about to, to purchase because you're investing in this home to invest in others enough to look them up and down, check in out, how you doing? Yeah. And it's not one of those throwaways check in. It's, it's like, I want to, I want to sit with you a while. I want to live alongside you for a minute. I want to check it. I want to listen. It's really tough in today's culture to do that. Cause even if you mm-hmm. have a good intention to check in with somebody, see, no, really how's life? It's hard when, because you don't want to pry too much. Right. And when so many people in today's culture, it's fine. Everything's good. It's good. And I Are think, you sure? I think it's not until you feel like you can trust that person to where they'll they'll open up. Yeah. Like, it, yeah. finally, they trust you. Why, why would they trust you? Because you've proven yourself faithful in some way to them. That I'm truly, I, I care about you. And so it's not, it should never be a forced thing. Like if somebody is resisting your consideration, <laughs> then, you know, absolutely. You got to mm-hmm. read the signs there. Don't force it because nobody's, nobody does well. You will like me and I will like you back. No, oh, that's going to go real well. But certainly what, what yeah, that's exactly right. Certainly what comes to mind for me is one of my buddies, we check in about every week and it can mm-hmm. very easily go one way or another. We could seriously spend 30 minutes on the phone talking about sports. Like, yeah. and, and that's fine. And that's fine. Sure. But... If we did that, let's say we talk every week for three months without missing a week. Yeah. If we did that every the 12 times or so that we didn't truly check in about how you doing with your relationship with God. How's your wife? What's going on with the situation at work? What, you know, that would kind of be wasted opportunity. So the church, our responsibility when we go to the church uh, building itself or when we go back, because uh, right now we're in 2020 and this is. A pandemic situation. A lot of churches have closed again mm-hmm. due to a quote second wave situation. Um, the church is a place where we get refreshed. We learn more about the Bible. Hopefully, some Bible teaching in there. We have this community base, but also we've discovered through the pandemic even more so the church is not 
just the physical building. In fact, the church ref- refers to the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. It is an experience. It is a community. It is a people. And the church experience for people also needs to be outside of the church building. And we can absolutely have church and do church with people, not just about us and refreshing ourselves, but checking in with people. And th- so that's what this, this scripture is kind of getting at. Check in with people and consider them. And if you're seeing that maybe something's not going great, it says provoke unto love and to do good works, which the word provoke does have negative connotations in this sense. It's a positive thing. It's like basically coming alongside somebody and spurring them, cheerleading them on. We got this. We can do this. We can do these good things together. It's not hopeless. You are not the loser. The enemy is lying to you and telling you are and all this stuff. Mm. And it says, well, how can you do this? How can you provoke somebody to do better, to do more? And the key really is to do life with them. It's to live life next to them. There's so much about social media that keeps us distant right now. And I'm not, I'm not talking about the social distancing thing that we have to do because of, you know, for our safety right now. I'm talking about it keeps everything. I put the period on it. It's up there on my social media post. I've presented it to my friends, and this is how it is. There's nothing necessarily intimate, though, mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. You yeah, know what I mean? That's true. Yeah. Instead of coming alongside a person and saying, hey, how are you doing today? And checking in with an individual. And then, like, discovering ways, like, do you know what their favorite ice cream is? You know, do you do you have a feeling? What is their favorite song that gets their blood pumping to, to do laundry? You know, like, silly stuff like that. Like what you were talking about, knowing sports and stuff. Doing those things alongside can help open up conversations in regards to the other stuff that's incredibly important. But I, I, I think it's interesting because what you kind of shared with your buddy on the phone, it's like, yeah, we do talk about the frivolous stuff. That's super important to do, though, I think. I think you have to. It's, it's all inclusive. It mm-hmm. should be. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, why in the world? What connects you to? Obviously, yeah, you we're have friends chemistry. for a reason, right? right? You've got chemistry. There's yeah. a reason why you guys are friendly towards each other. Um, and perhaps maybe you, there is somebody that the Lord has brought into your circle and has kind of said, hey, I want you to care for this person. And they may be unlovable mm. in a lot of ways to you. In fact, a lot about what they do concerns you and you don't like it. And I don't think God is telling you to be besties with them, but I think that if the Holy Spirit is prompting you to, to 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 visit with someone, to fellowship with them in some way, it's probably because there's a need there. How do you discover what the need is? How do you provoke them to to good works? To consider them, looking them up and down, making sure you know, not in a not in a judgmental way. I know that kind of sounds that. Yeah, you're not the authority. You're not checking in in that way, but you're you're just seeing how it's going and then encouraging. So yeah. one way that I can encourage anybody on how to do this because I I think I had a great example of it. I went to college. I had friends. But uh, it was a, I've talked about it on this before, potluck roommate situation. I was just living with three random dudes that I'd never met. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was, they, they were great. They were great, but they weren't necessarily believers. So I was seeking um, an extra group of friends to hang out with, to be poured into in that way. Okay. And I found this church and what they did to include me. And I saw them do this with many people, awkward people, weird people, new people. I probably fit all three of those. Um <laughs> They just brought you along for something they were already doing. Mm-hmm. 
And so I remember Orange Leaf, the Froyo place that, yes. you know, that was it really hit it big, at least in the town that I was, you know, in at the time. Uh, and they're like, hey, have you heard of this place called Orange Leaf? We just found it last night. We're going back tonight. You want to come? Like, it was just like that. They're already doing something. Including you. Yeah. And they included you. Hey, we play pickup basketball every Thursday. You want to come? Yeah. And it was just, they didn't change their schedule. That's good. But they included you in their schedule. Yeah. And I thought that was just a cool way of, of pouring into somebody and and they were the type of people yeah. they would have invited just about anybody and it could have led to very well would have led to a spiritual conversation if I hadn't already known Jesus. And it sounds like um they've invited an opportunity. Not only have they included you, but now they get to know that person. Regardless yeah. of whether they believe the same thing or not. They get to right. know that person. And next time, you know, the orange leaf was pretty good. I actually prefer, you know, Dairy Queen or something. All right, you know, we'll we'll try new guy's favorite place next. New week. guy you know, so now you've you've not only made a connection, but you've showed him you are important to us because we listen to what you like. And that it's so important that we validate people. Yeah, because if you're validated, then you feel like I matter to that person. And if they want to invest even a little bit of time in me, I actually may be open to hearing what this person who seems to recognize me as a human being has to say in terms of things that are outside of my expertise. Maybe it's spirituality. Maybe it's a political matter. Mm. But like, if you don't establish some sort of a connection with a person based on not selfishness on your part, like I want you to do this thing because I feel like I have, to, I think so much of our, as believers, it's well-intentioned. Our desire is for the great commission, which is to, to share the gospel of Jesus Christ and to make disciples of people we get so busy with the, I have to do that for well, God that I forget about yeah. how Jesus went about doing it. He it was simple. fellowshiped, he communed with people. So let me, in, in that community thing, because I want to I want to speak to maybe the average person of you got work, your spouse maybe has work, the kids have school, mm -hmm. um, you go to church and you're pretty good about going Sunday mornings, but the church always wants you to get plugged in more. And maybe you have a good friend or group of friends that you check in with, like we've talked about spiritually. Maybe you don't. But I, I've always, we, we talked about this before. In fact, I, I think if you go back to one of these earlier episodes, we brought it up with Zach Williams on community because sometimes I just wonder, you know, you know Jesus had these group of guys around him and he just did life. Yeah. And sometimes I, I wonder with the church um, where you might, you know, if you go to a church, they might promote small groups, community groups. They call sure. it a million different things. Sure. And I wonder, is is that what we're supposed, is that the, the best model sometimes? Because it's like, hey, this group of people that you don't know, at a random time that you have to add uh -huh. to your calendar, yeah. you're going to go check in with them. Now, I know a lot of people that they're in these groups and we're in one and it's fantastic. Sure. It's fantastic. But I know for some Maybe community is somebody or a couple of people that you already know, already have a rapport with, and it's checking in there spiritually Absolutely. and not joining this group of strangers. I just, I just don't, I just kind of an interesting I think, topic. you know, you and I are in a situation where we're very blessed. We were raised in Christian homes. Mm -hmm. So finding somebody in our past and present is probably pretty easy in terms of like a Christian. If like, you just became a believer as an adult. Yeah. Some kind of a believer status with them. We have an, right. like a friendship with them, a rapport with them. It's going to be easier for us than, like you said, if you're a brand new believer and you're like, I have nobody at work to talk to. Right. I have right. nobody. There is nobody in my past 
that is going to pour into me at all spiritually mm-hmm. and help me become a better believer. That's very true. And the Bible tells us the importance of, you know, it's iron sharpening iron. That's how, And that works. That principle works with anything. You become a better athlete if you work with people. Like we've seen in that Michael Jordan documentary. You're going to become a better player. The Chicago yeah. Bulls were the incredible team, even though not everybody agreed with the philosophy of one Michael Jordan where he was always on it. But they, they admitted we became champions because this guy was on it, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, I want to become a better believer. You know that you need to be around other believers who are actually seeking God as opposed to, you know, the the lazy believer, which I think at one point, every one of us has been, including me, mm-hmm. I'm, I believe, sure. But I'm not like actively seeking a relationship with Christ. Can you imagine how good my marriage would be if I didn't do that with my husband, mm-hmm. you know? So I think that's, you have to gauge that against where are you right now? Who are the people around you right now? And I do find that the the small group, whether or not it's an actual small group, like you said, where it's set up at church, or you have that amazing contact list of people because you've been blessed in that way to have believers as friends, uh, whether it's that, I think it's also incredibly important to keep up with the main church services too, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, because there's teaching and then there's, um, and then there's like doing life together and like gleaning from each other. There's there's like all sorts of benefits well, to all of it. That's why I definitely, uh, you know, I, I always have that question in the back of my mind about small groups, but I always know that church is just so vital. Now, I grew up in a setting where it was one of those, even tended to be legalistic at times of, mm-hmm. why aren't you at church last Sunday? You know, I, I don't think it needs to go there about your attendance, but certainly on a regular basis, of being there to not only be encouraged, yeah. but I think also to realign spiritually when I can definitely be good and 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 uh, read the Bible every day. And that's that's going to be pastors, I think, would even, some pastors would even be like, do that more than even listen to my sermons because <laughs> you need to be connected, you know. But, but I think also learning from people who know more than I do mm. so that if I'm getting off on this tangent that may not be biblical, realigning and going, that's what yeah. that verse means. Okay, the history, the theology, the, what the Greek says about, so I, I think there's, there, you're absolutely right. To worship together, to realize that I'm not alone yeah. and see this community of believers, but also to to just gain wisdom. That's really important, isn't it? And anytime, have, I, I think even surgeons would tell you that the best in the business they don't know everything about the human body. They're still learning about mm-hmm. neurosurgeons, still learning about the brain, what it can do, what it can't do. How do we make surgery better, right? And if they ever once get to the day where they're like, we have arrived. Oh my goodness. We've put a cap on it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And I don't think the medical community would ever applaud putting a cap on learning about the human body. So if that's true and the human body was created by the creator, how much more should we never put a cap on learning about him? Yeah. I so yeah. I that's it's really good to to check in with other people and to like not even be the one to it, maybe there's a situation where God set it up where you know because you've been a Christian longer and you feel like it, like you almost have like a a mentor relationship with somebody where you're kind of lo- loving on them and teaching them this and that. Then like you said, um like I I know some psychologists uh, they go to other psychologists themselves and have like their own little session. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. 
right. you know, keep yourself accountable with somebody else who knows more. I think that's really, that's really, really good. And uh, the, the, where it's going with this verse, again, let us consider one another to encourage or to provoke in this, unto love and to good works. How do you do that? I think we just kind of shared some of the ways. And, and I think that's, should never be like you said when you feel, um, I don't know. It, it's not a good sign if somebody feels threatened walking into a church and somebody comes up to him and says, where were you last Sunday? Mm-hmm. I don't think mm-hmm. you'll see that person again, especially if they've never been to church if, before. If new, right Now, I've been a Christian all my life, practically, so that if I went into a new church and somebody said that to me, it's not necessarily going to mess with my eternity in terms of like, yeah. Oh, I'm giving up on Jesus. No, no. <laughs> I mean, I go to your Sunday school. I'm just school, probably but... <laughs> not going to come back to your church. But I, I do remember whenever we would miss a service, some of the things that we've received in the mail for our children, Sunday school. We missed you, Caleb. That's great. Yeah. Oh, man, I hope you're doing good. That's all yeah. it is. Just a, just a quick check-in. Yep. You yep. know, so I, I think that's good. Okay, so what, um, you, what you got? What well, was your... keep, keep in mind, if anybody you know, uh, whether you mentor them or not, misses church cancel them they're canceled that's that's just the way it goes right if anybody ever messes up ever they are canceled so oh i think i know where you're going with this i just with the the day and age that we live in i was actually um uh presented uh, billy graham's grandson wrote the tooling intervention is his name he's actually had a time where he messed up and uh, I believe he lost the church, lost his job where he was at. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I really liked it even even more that he that he wrote it. And so just a little bit of, of what he said, that the big difference between Jesus and our cancel culture, uh, and sometimes our culture of canceling includes the church, um, while we cancel people who have done terrible things, Jesus cancels the terrible things that people are canceled for the sins and scandals that cancel culture chooses not to forget, Jesus chooses not to remember. Mm. You got to keep in mind that Jesus called canceled people his friends. In his circle, a betrayer, a thief, a prostitute, just to name a few, he was unwilling to cancel the worst of the worst, the baddest of the bad, and the guiltiest of the guilty. Mm -hmm. And what he also goes on to say, Tuli and Chavetchen, that um, we got to keep in mind we too have canceled people, even if it wasn't a big overt thing on social media. And it's, I remember that person for the way they wronged me. Mm. And that's how I see them the rest of their days. And I know there's a somewhere of a line of forgiveness and loyalty and trustworthiness and relationship. And just because you forgive somebody doesn't if somebody steals my wallet, I can forgive them mm-hmm. and I could even maybe go on having a relationship with them, but I'm not going to trust them with my wallet again. Mm-hmm. Trust being, being able to be trustworthy and, and being forgiven are two different things. I know there's a lot of blurriness here, but where we're at as a society is anything that not only that you've done, but that you've ever done and maybe even tried to apologize for in the past, people will bring up mm-hmm. and call your job. Seriously, people. And sometimes you would you could argue that people, quote, deserve it. Um, but egregious things that people are saying or have said and their job gets called, boom, they're fired. You know, a politician, a celebrity, a canceled. Because you have done this one thing 
that secretly a lot of us have done or at least thought about doing too. But we're not going to do that. We're we're not going to think about the fact that we're guilty too. Mm. You're obviously guilty and you're canceled. And it's horrendous. It used to, the term canceled used to just apply to an event or a TV show. Mm. And now it applies to a person. So I love the grace that Tuli Intervention writes with and the 3 a.m. reading that I was doing about what God does for us that he in Zephaniah 317, that he will exalt over you with loud singing. Mm. The the picture, the, the, I, I read this, the, the word picture in Zephaniah 317 is full of emotion. God the Father is the one who holds his daughter and sings joyfully in her presence, just as a loving parent cradles a child and sings out of love. So God's song over his people is born of his great love and God welcomes them into a new world that there is joy before the angel of God over one sinner who repents. That's from Luke 15, 10. Mm -hmm. And so this welcoming this, you are forgiven. I don't care what you've done. There's a verse that says he remembers no more your sin. And so just what I've been thinking about lately is the horrendous world that we live in, in a lack of grace, mm-hmm. the point of Jesus and hopefully being able to represent this and, and get people to, people are going to be thirsty for this. Mm-hmm. Where they're on, everybody's on eggshells. I think that there are a couple words that pop up into my brain. Mm-hmm. Jesus came not to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Yeah. That is John three seventeen, And that is talking about redemption. Mm-hmm. And that is what he desires with this world. Now, yes, there is a judgment that is coming Mm -hmm. and that will be a reckoning. But that to me, it falls in line after John 3, 16 and 17 that talks about that he gave his only son to die for me, that we might live and be saved. And then it refers to the reckoning. And we do live in a, a, a world that is broken. It does not work out of a faith-based foundation. It works out of a broken place. So unless you are talking to a group of believers, they may have no idea right. what this whole forgiveness thing is supposed to look like. And I have to have grace and empathy even, or, or try to, for their situation. Because they're thinking just reckoning. Right. They're thinking, witch hunt, let's get it. Yeah. I want to make sure that these folks are held accountable because they hurt me. Um, you know, I think about uh, gossip, you know, and hearsay and all this stuff that sometimes we we listen in and we think, oh, gosh, they did that and forevermore. Like, I saw something about an actor the other day and I thought, oh, that guy did that? Mm, I don't even right. know if it was real. Yeah, that's the thing. But it was a headline. And now every time I look at that guy, I think that which is what happens with gossip. Right. And it's hearsay and all that stuff. The truth of the matter is with every action done by a person, we truly do not know the intent because we can't see inside people. But God can, and he does. And that's why he tells me, honey, leave the judgment process to me. True. Leave the reckoning to me. True. And I need to be about redemption. My job is to tell people about the redemption through Jesus Christ, about forgiveness, and not about um, let the Holy Spirit do the conviction part, you know? Yeah, so, and I know there, there, there's always, we've said this over and over, there's always a balance, and uh, I, God is a just God, 
and in terms of being being accountable, um, there is uh, people need to pay legally um, in in some in depending on what the offense is. Sure. There are definitely repercussions and consequences to your actions. But are and, you the are you the authority that's been put in that position to make those decisions? It depends. If it's a celebrity and I'm just reading on Twitter, no, you right, know. Right. And so, but but perhaps you know a lot of, a lot of it is use your voice and and speak out and and certainly pending whatever the issue is certainly. But I let's just say I don't want to use even a real example, you know. But let's just say person A hurts person B. We don't even have to get into how, all right? This person A hurts person B. Mm-hmm. And we, as a world now, are doing a, a better job of not letting things go in, in terms of sliding under the table and trying, I don't know what happened. I don't know what you're talking about. And and as we should. Like, we, what, if we yeah. want to get better, yeah. how do we fix the problem? We first have to address that there is a problem. But here's the current problem with this. Yeah. Person A, let's just say, goes to jail. Okay. Okay. Person A eventually gets out of jail. And yet, in today's culture, oh, yeah, that guy that did that. Oh, never going to hire him. Mm -hmm. Never going to be his friend. If I see him on the street, I'll curse at him. But he did his time. You know, there is a a, a point where, and I I think a lot of people, some of these people that have been uh, nationally vilified. Yeah. Honestly, I've I've told my wife the other day, part of me wants to start a ministry for... Um, I don't even know the guy's intent, but one example I'll use, it's so old, the guy, the dentist that killed that lion and had the pictures, the horrendous pictures of, of it online okay. and all that. He was, he was yeah. illegal poaching and all that. Well, he lost his dentistry and I've never heard about him since. Um, but part of me wants to start a retreat for people that I can't imagine being in the spotlight for two weeks and everybody in the country hating you. I just can't imagine the, the you know, you not being able to go anywhere or anything. And so I, I, I part of me just has a, a heart for these people. But let's just let's just use that example. You know, people still hate that guy, I'm sure. Yeah. And so eventually. Well, you just tell, telling me the story. It makes me think all the things that I thought before. Uh huh. Uh huh. And it brings up those. Oh. Man, what kind of a person? Yeah, yeah. Well, and you can do that. You can ask that, and you could say he sure. needs to. You know, there needs to be justice and everything. But eventually, but let's in say, today's culture. Well, let me say this. And, like so they, and let me say this. In today's culture, there is not the the quench or excuse me, the thirst for justice is never quenched. Mm-hmm. It is never quenched, even when it seems justice has been served. Yeah, and so that's where we as believers. We got to set the tone for grace because, like I said, people are going to be thirsty for that. Wait, you're saying mm-hmm. I've I messed up right. and I can be forgiven and it can it will never be brought up again. Yeah, I want that. It's isn't it interesting. I was bringing up my feelings in that moment because even though I believe in the redemption and the forgiveness of mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Right. That I, there's still going to be the struggle of your own flesh. But that doesn't feel like he's done enough. Wait a second. What does the Bible say? Mm -hmm. And who does it say should be in charge of that whole judgment situation in his heart and his intent and all that? Doesn't say it's me. It says it's Jesus. Lest you will be judged with the same judgment that you judge others. That's a big one. Oh gosh. Okay. Do I want to be held accountable for things that I've laid at the foot of the cross? No, I want to be forgiven. Okay. So Jesus is asking you to release things to him and to his care and to take care of that judgment seat. And the more I think about it, I'm grateful. 
I don't want to be in charge of that. I don't know yeah. anybody's heart or intent. Uh, you recall, we've talked about the show, The Chosen. It's free on YouTube. It's about the life of Jesus, and it was just it's fascinating. I actually got to finish it. Um, but there's why. I couldn't tell you what episode it is. I think he's when he's talking to the kids kind of early on. It's, yeah. You know, what, what, how many episodes is it in I the first season? three. I mean, the but third episode in with the kids. How many? Is it eight total, ten total? I can't I remember so, eight. So they're like, an eye for an eye or something mm -hmm. along those lines. That's what they were taught. Yeah. That's what they were taught. It was the law. And mm -hmm. he says, that was, that was written for judges. Everyday people like you and me, he says something along those lines. Yeah. And I never heard it really put like that, yeah. that uh, we know that Jesus changed that from, you know, that's Old Testament compared to New Testament. But, mm -hmm. oh, that was meant for if you have an authority place. But thi this is, I just need to be people's friend. What you really have to do is whether you can empathize with a headline and a person being vilified or not with that particular situation. Go back to a time where you committed an act where you desperately needed someone to forgive you yeah. and experience grace. Yeah. That is what God is asking us to do is to empathize with others and to recognize our need for forgiveness. Then he tells us what true love is, which by the way is defined by God defines what love is, is there is no record of wrongs when you love someone. Now, I, I know that stirs up all sorts of things, but they need to be held accountable. But they need to, they need to, they need to. I heard somebody share the other day on Focus on the Family in regards to what the Bible asks of us is the most opposite from anything that we naturally feel. Mm. Mm -hmm. Like it is, it goes against everything to go love your enemy. What? what? That makes no sense. Do good to those who hurt you. That really makes no sense. Give more money than, than you think that you should get. I mean, like, you are to give to others. You have two cloaks, give one away. But what if I need this one? I mean, that doesn't make sense. I need to have enough for myself. He yeah. asks of us things so that we can place trust in him with the rest of it. It goes against what feels natural, but that's why it's called being supernatural. God is not about what this world sells. He is about what is true and right and love and righteous and all of this good stuff. So we have to continuously go to scripture and go, okay, but this is how I feel about this. But what does the Bible say? What does God say right now? You know, persistence is a word that actually comes to mind in this moment. We've all seen the movie, Rudy, for example, yeah. the guy that's not talented, or the girl that's not talented and is trying to make the team, the band, the group, the whatever. And so Rudy is that example that he doesn't care what the theme, at least, I know there's certain scenes where he's doubtful, but the theme is he doesn't really care what happened the day before. He doesn't care how people see him. And that can be taken as, uh, for me, in the same light, let's say I have a coworker that super messed up. Mm -hmm. And let's just say they super messed up, but they didn't lose their job. And people, everybody at this particular business avoids them like the plague now. And even if it was me that they in, in part hurt, I maybe reconcile with them. I ask, you know, what, how can you make this right? We have that conversation. And then the next day or whenever it's behind us, I go sit with them at lunch mm. and everybody, I don't care what everybody thinks of me. And I don't care how shocked that they are of why are you sitting here? Yeah. 
Why? Because we're right having lunch. Yeah. The, pers- the persistence is a word that comes to mind. And how am I going to treat people like Jesus would? Well, it says that he remembers my sin no more and I should do the same. I should live. You're always going to have it in the back of your mind, yeah. but I should live in a way of I'm not actively holding that against you constantly and bringing it up. Oh, you mean like that one time you did that thing? No, I'm going to move forward in grace and sit with you at lunch. And you will be criticized for it. Oh, yeah, you will. You will face because the backlash is inevitable because that's not how the world feels and thinks. Yeah. They, what is natural to them is what the enemy wants us to do. I, I In this same podcast I was listening to, the woman said, what the Bible deemed as unnatural for me in terms of following Christ felt natural and the devil made sense to me. Mm. And so that those words like linger with me. It's like, okay, I, I want to be speaking spirit and truth. And it may put me in an unpopular position sometimes. Right. Um, you know, I, I've seen people in the news lately who are the least, I mean, these are the people, the furthest I ever want to sit next to in a lunchroom setting because they irritate me and annoy me and make me mad because they've done something in a headline. Like, are you serious? Mm-hmm. Why would you do that? That's so dumb. And you just <laughs> kind of want to wring their neck. Right, right. And God calls me out in that moment and says, even this is scripture, consider that person. Yeah. Consider them. Look them up and down. There is a reason where this hatred is coming and spewing out of them. And you don't know, Rochelle, of what spirit you are right now because you are not considering them in a caring way. You are dismissing them from being worthy of me dying for them on a cross. I think we all have somebody. I think of a relative. Uh, by marriage, thank God, not blood. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, that acts like an idiot. I mean, just just flat out. I mean, some of the stuff, the ungraceful, hateful stuff that is posted, and she will never change her mind. Mm-hmm. Some of the stuff that she's done to my my wife's family is unbelievable. Okay. And I think that's where what I brought up with persistence of we may disagree. Stuff may stuff may happen in terms of we may have a disagreement, um, but trying to still move forward and next time a family reunion happens or whatever yeah just just talk with 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 her and just yeah. treat her like a human being there's a song Brandon Heath sings says give me your eyes mm-hmm. for just one second it's talking about god give me your eyes to see people and i've shared this before in a podcast where a friend of mine whose husband cheated on her she found out about it he never really was repentant mm before she had this epiphany moment where God allowed her to see her husband the way God saw him, which was a little boy, troubled, confused, and filled with sin so much to the point he didn't even see his own folly, to use a really old word. He didn't even Mm -hmm. see his own sin. But because she was able to see him in that way, she chose to forgive and to love him. And to this day they are married. He has been completely, I mean, redemptive attitude, everything convicted of that was one of the first things he told me is let me tell you about how God rescued my marriage. And Mm -hmm. he told me straight up about the affair he had. It's an incredible, it's an incredible story, but it's because she asked God, you talk about being betrayed and having the right to leave Leave. whatever, whatever you want to do, get out of that. You have to look at it. Like what if Jesus took the road that the world would tell you to take? What is this? This is planet ever done for you, Jesus. Mm. Stay in the perfect presence of God. Yeah. It's never done anything. We would all be lost. 
that's true. If he had taken the world's advice. So I want to make sure that I'm 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 a part of the Jesus camp where hopefully we're saving people. Um, thank you. Thank you for your time. Hope yep. on demand.com is uh, where you can go for great, more, a lot more resources, other podcasts, videos, some great Christian artists with performances, uh, and whatnot. Check it out for yourself. And whatnot. And the whatnot. It's our favorite part. Be sure not to folly. Uh, <laughs> I knew that was coming. Hope on demand.com. <laughs> <laughs>